Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. It is night number four from the palatial main studios of Dave Campbell's basement. Yes, I referenced myself in the third person. That didn't feel very good. Factual. This is where I am in the basement office broadcasting live uh, to you as I've been doing all week in for Reed Wilkins, who's taking a break from the uh, upstairs office in in his second bedroom. Hey, it's nice to have you along with us. I'll remind you the phone number, which is the same as the text number, 780-496-0063. I hope you're having a good day. Uh, Beautiful day, unlike yesterday when it was all gloomy and gross and bleh. So it's just nice to have the sun out. So we will have a lot to talk about in this hour. We're on from 7 to 8. Read, as I mentioned, back at 6.05. Yes, I said that, 6.05 on Monday. That's the plan because, of course, we're in a COVID-19 pandemic. But we do anticipate Reed Wilkins to open the microphone uh, at 6.05 from his uh, palatial main studio in the second bedroom. That was my ode to Bill Matheson, uh, Kellen Kennedy, who I did have the great pleasure of working with for a couple of years. Oh, right so, on. Yeah, Maddie I heard nothing but good things about Bill for sure. And uh, if you've ever been, ever been fortunate enough to be behind the security doors of Global Television, they had that little <laughs> Hall of Fame downstairs in the basement where they have like Bill Matheson's little case with his pointer and his map from his last yeah. broadcast, and I think one of his jackets and that stuff, along with a lot of SCTV stuff. I yeah. could spend hours in that hallway, Dave. It's just yeah, it's, it's like you're in a hall of fame. It, it's it's amazing. a broadcast museum in a hallway, which is crazy. It's it's insane. It, it's nuts. Yeah, no, no <laughs> question about it. Uh, Maddie, love you, man. Rest in peace, my friend. He's been gone for far too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I always uh, always love working with Maddie, uh, and I got to do that his last couple of years on the air here at uh, six thirty. Ched. All right, here's uh, what's been happening in the sports world today. Uh, the CFL has remembered the CFLPA's phone number. They have uh, asked for a meeting finally uh, to talk about the parameters and what they can do to play in 2020 and really to talk about a lot of labor stuff because they're going to need a COVID CBA, but they're probably going to need a new CBA for 2021. So it's not just this year, not just trying to play this year, but it's also trying to have that balance that they can play next year as well. And Randy Ambrosi, CFL commissioner, saying today in a statement that he, along with other members of the CFL office the executives have taken a 20 to 30 percent pay cut and of course coaches earlier this week have taken a 20 percent pay cut as the uh, coaches cap or the uh, football operations cap has been scaled back and coaches have uh, been shaved salary by 20 percent probably the players are headed for the same type of fate but can they uh, get something together to play this year that is the big big question major league baseball they're trying to play Players came back with a 60 or 70 game schedule, uh, more guaranteed or more uh, prorated money than yesterday's 60 game proposal by the owners. We still don't have a deal. They're getting a lot closer though. They're not a billion dollars apart. They're about 200 and 
75 million dollars apart so that, that is closer but in terms of uh, getting a deal done not there yet but it appears they are getting closer but this is still not done and today ron robinson commissioner of the western hockey league rolled out their return to play plan this morning and they have their sights sets on a return in the fall we feel that the reception has been very positive toward uh, the um, the protocol uh, we have a plan and we are presenting uh, in a way that is very respectful of ultimately the decisions that need to be made by the health authorities in each of these jurisdictions. And our discussions, uh, again, are ongoing, and uh, we hope that uh, this will lead us to a position where we'll understand uh, what are the conditions that we, in which we can return to play from a point of view, not only for playing the game uh, itself, but also for accommodation of spectators as a obviously a spectator-dependent uh, league overall. Um, our intention is that uh, we, um, uh, we uh, will want to get our 68-game regular season schedule in. That is a clear direction that we want to uh, um, achieve. Um, we're not certain at this particular stage as to when the start date will be. Uh, we have targeted October 2nd as our opening date. However, that will be entirely dependent on the uh, on the uh, discussions that we have with the uh, government and health authorities in each of our jurisdictions. The position we have taken is that we need all six of our jurisdictions, the four western provinces and obviously Washington and Oregon, to be ready to go in order to start our season. So this may, in, in fact, uh, require us to consider a, a later start date, uh, if you will. But that is something that will not be determined until we've uh, been able to uh, uh, fully uh, uh, resolve the discussions with the uh, various health authorities in, in each of our jurisdictions. And to talk about this further is someone that is uh, very familiar with the Western Hockey League. He's been in the league for a very long time. Governor and General Manager of the Tri-City Americans, and I'll say as well, an Edmontonian, Bob Torrey, joins us. Uh, Bob, it's nice to have you back on the show. How are you doing? Absolutely, thank you. Uh, how is first tell me uh, how everyone is doing your family uh, as we uh, try and get through this pandemic uh, as unscathed as possible yeah everything is fine with family thank you it's uh, you know it's a stressful time for everybody but you try to be as positive as you can and certainly there's a lot of uh, people you need to reach out to not only uh, your own family but in our situation our staff our players families those types of things and you know, I think it, it's a, a positive thing that we have a, a plan in place. At least it creates a, a roadmap for, for where we want to get to. And we know there could be a lot of changes along the way before that happens. But uh, certainly, I think it's a positive announcement. Yeah, for, for sure. And, you know, back in March when uh, the season was unfortunately cancelled, and I know here in Edmonton there's a lot of excitement about the Oil Kings who were having a, a tremendous year, Central Division title for the second year in a row, and uh, a chance to go to the Memorial Cup, and, you know, it just, it just ends, and, and it's tough for not only the Oil Kings, but everybody. Um, but, yeah, speak a little further. Uh, what do you make of the plan uh, as far as, uh, and it's, and it just feels like a puzzle, doesn't it? Where everything has to come into place almost perfectly or as close to perfect as possible. But just having that, that target date in mind, because, you know, when I think about the CFL, they have a target date, but they don't have a, a lot of specifics yet, but you have an actual date in mind that you can work towards, hopefully. Yeah. I think the target date's important. I mean, what we got to remember is we're dealing with a number of different provinces and then obviously in the states two states 
But within the states, we also have the uh, different counties that are involved. Um, the arenas, which are in some place cases owned by the cities, obviously they're going to have a big say into it because they're going to be involved in in helping maintain the the cleanliness of the facilities. And then you've got you've got other issues as well in regards to the border crossing and the quarantine issues. But I think the fact that we have a plan in place and, and a very detailed plan that goes quite deep, it helps us when we're talking to the governments and to the health officials um, to to work with them to come up with what's best, not only for our athletes but also for the uh, for the return of fans to the arenas. Bob Torrey joins us, the governor and general manager of the Tri-City of Americans, also in Edmontonian, Edmonton native, uh, joining us here on 630 Chet Inside Sports, uh, talking about the Western Hockey League's return to play plan targeting October 2nd. And uh, Ron Robinson, the uh, commissioner of the Western Hockey League, uh, also mentioned that this is contingent on one thing as well, uh, that you need to have 50% capacity in, in arenas. And it's... It, that, that is very important for a vital reason. And uh, he mentioned we don't have a TV contract to fall back on. So uh, speak to how important it is to get fans in the building if you can. Well, it, it's really critical because, you know, once we start playing, then the expenses start rolling in. And you've got travel costs, which is hotels, meals, um, bus travel, but also your equipment costs coming. We supply the players with everything, sticks, equipment, skates. Um, all of those things. Uh, so, you know, you, we're an expense-driven league. And the other thing that people forget about is the scholarship program that we have, which is probably the best scholarship program anywhere. And, and we've got players right. who are attending Canadian universities that we have to continue uh, to pay their education. And it's a program that we're very proud of. And, and uh, so there's a lot of factors involved uh, for the teams. Every team is a little different because different market sizes, different ownership groups, but, um, you know, there's no question we're a gate-driven league and, and we need those revenues and we need the support. You know, for most part, junior hockey, we're still a developmental league, but we're something, we're a fabric of the community in most, in most centres and we're a very important part of most communities in regards to, you know, it's a meeting place for people to come together and see their friends and have a good time and, and you know, associate with the local team. So it's a little bit different, certainly a lot different model than pro sports. For sure, absolutely. And you, you, you spoke to it about, you know, in, in, in every league or most every league, you see the ownership base is the business model same, the same for everybody, every team in the league. But the WHL is definitely a different uh, type of business model for because you don't have you have some teams that are on you know have similar ownership and then you have for example the Oilers who uh, own the Oil Kings and you have two places in the league two centers in Calgary and Edmonton who are playing in NHL arenas so uh, speak to that 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 business model as far as ownership goes and venues it is unbalanced and does that make it trickier well, it does because you've got community-owned teams, too, that have, uh, obviously, the cities are involved. Uh, you've got the NHL teams, you know, the, the cost to open Rogers Place is tremendous compared to opening uh, Toyota Center in, in Kennewick. So, right. you know, there, there's so many variables. And, and, you know, granted that, you know, those teams, Edmonton and Calgary and some of the others have uh, – an upside of revenue generation that some teams in our league don't have, but our, our league has always been like that. And it's always been, you know, 
um, that way. So, you know, I guess the integrity of our game is, is you know, once the game's played on the ice, it's, it's fair for everybody. But, but today's economy, um, this has been hard on everybody. I think you've seen it everywhere, not just in sports. I think you've seen it in small business and, and everywhere else. And a credit to, to most people um, that I'm running into, people are generally positive about getting through this and being better because yeah. of it and, and all of that. But I, I know it's hard on, on a lot of people and certainly the small business owners. I know we're a, a, a few weeks away from, you know, answering this question, perhaps, as we're joined by Bob Torrey, uh, general manager and governor of the Tri-City Americans in the Western Hockey League here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Uh, the schedule may not be revealed until August, but are you aware of any, I guess, tweaks to the schedule where there's there's more, I guess, regional regional play and that, that's another unique thing about the league is you have a, a, a handful of franchises like like yours in tri-cities that uh that you are in the united states but is there more talk about maybe a more regional schedule and maybe kind of keeping to your area as much as possible well not at this point i mean um certainly we we already play an unbalanced schedule as it is uh, and we have for years so you know it, we we play a top heavy schedule in our own u.s division and and our conference as it is. Um, what we have done with a little bit later start, really that start is only a few weeks later if we're able to pull it off. Uh, we've been able to push the season back a little bit into April and, and, and you know, hopefully we could even push it back a little further. Now, if we're forced to start later than October, Dave, then obviously we're going to have to look at possibly some other models, you know, and, and that just depends on when we start. Is it, you know, is it October 2nd? Is it Canadian Thanksgiving? Is it U.S. Thanksgiving is it like the uh, U Sports was going to go uh, after Christmas? So um, I think the goal is to play as many games as we can. Uh, we are a developmental league, and 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 we need those games to help support the franchises. But I think as we get closer to, like you said, August, we'll have a better picture of where we're at. And and at that point, I think you know we need to look at alternative uh, alternative scheduling for sure. Yeah, and then obviously when when you get a schedule down and get your roster back together, uh, you got you know the the billet families as well, and I'm sure they're probably waiting on pins and needles to see if you know they're going to have their kids uh, kids back in their homes because you know, I mean you've been around a long time. I you know I, I haven't worked in junior hockey, but I know of junior hockey, and the the billet families are so important. They are absolutely critical to your operation, and people don't they don't get the credit they deserve. I mean they're taking these young boys into their homes at 16 and they be they leave at 20 uh, mature men uh, they have a huge role to play in the development of these kids and and uh, and giving them guidance and support uh, being a hockey player is hard because it's a very competitive uh, a career path and you know everybody wants to play in the National Hockey League but reality is that most don't and you know we're proud that we can develop young men that go on to whether it's the University of Alberta or the University of Calgary and become doctors and lawyers and teachers and firemen and you know all those types of things so the billet family has a huge role to play and i i know many of our players have chosen careers because of some of the careers that their billets had and uh, and the relationships they have with their billets their parents and the players continue on years after they leave um, they're anxious to get the players back i know our players are constantly asking when we're coming back i think you'll see minor hockey start up before uh 
the junior leagues, and maybe Junior A might start up a little before because they're not mm-hmm. as dependent on, on fans. Um, so training camps certainly probably could be different this year, and, you know, you're probably not going to bring all your young guys to training camp if they're already established on their midget teams and in school. Um, it'll probably be smaller training camps, and and that might be a better better thing anyway for this season. Bob, as always, it's good to have you on. It's nice that uh, you can talk to the Edmonton audience because I know this is uh, this is home for you. This is where you're from. And uh, thank you very much for uh, spending time with us. And uh, it's exciting that you have a target date in mind. And let's hope all those puzzle pieces come together perfectly so we can get some uh, WHL hockey back in the fall. Well, absolutely. I'm hoping I can get up to Edmonton. My mom's still there. And uh, uh I'm as close to the border as you can get in Oroville right now for the weekend, but we can't cross. <laughs> but it would be nice to come up and visit some friends and family for sure. And all my best, to everyone in Edmonton. It's uh, you know it's a wonderful city. And uh, once the NHL gets going too, I think it's going to help us at the at the junior level too because um, they'll solve some problems for all of us, and and uh, it'll help all of us uh, hopefully get everything back to normal as nor- as close as we can. Bob, take care of yourself. Thank you. Your pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Bob Torrey, longtime governor and general manager of the Tri-City Americans in the Western Hockey League. At one time, he was the general manager of the Edmonton Ice that moved to uh, Kootenai. And then, of course, they moved to Winnipeg just not too long ago. Uh, before we break, i got to bring this uh, story to you right now. One of those this-just-in moments. The federal government has made a move to try and help one of the three Canadian markets become a hub city for the NHL's restart. A federal official telling Canadian press today that the government issued an order in council that would allow one of Edmonton, Vancouver, or Toronto to serve as one of the hub cities. The uh, order is awaiting the Governor General's signature. Minister of Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship Marco Mendocino has issued a letter saying that it, it's in the national interest to have a Canadian hub city after the Public Health Agency of Canada and the public health authorities in Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver all gave their approval of the NHL plan to keep players in, uh, separate from the general public. It would be called a cohort quarantine. The move would allow the NHL to bypass the traditional 14-day quarantine for anyone entering Canada. So and that was going to be a big sticking point. And the NHL had a plan to pre- uh, present, uh, present a plan, that is, that met public health requirements for Canada before the government proceeded with the order. So this is a big development that there is now. The federal government has removed that 14-day quarantine, and it would be called a cohort quarantine and is going uh, to the governor general waiting the signature. So this is a big, big step if uh, Edmonton is going to be a hub city. Back in a moment. When we come back from the uh, 6.30 Ched 24-Hour News Center, Thomas Dias, we will unveil the remaining uh, roster, I guess, or the names for the Oilers' all-time all-star roster that has been unveiled uh, just uh, within the last uh, hour and a bit. And uh, we'll talk more about uh, the NHL uh, quarantine decision by the federal government. That is big news. The CFL, Major League Baseball, and speaking of baseball, we'll be joined by Gold Sports, and Edmonton Prospects owner, Patrick Cassidy, and to talk about a brand spanking new ballpark proposed. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet 
Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For Spruce Grove in two years. Coming up on 630 Jet Inside Sports. Dave Camblin for Reed Wilkins this week. Last show for me tomorrow. By the way, we'll be joined by one of our guests, CFL Players Association President and Saskatchewan Rough Riders middle linebacker Solomon Elamimian. And we'll talk more about the CFL in just a moment. The two sides are going to get together. Uh, we'll explain more in a minute. But uh, Solomon Elamimian, one of our guests scheduled tomorrow on 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. Well, we've been doing it all week, unveiling the Edmonton Oilers all-time all-stars. The coach is Glenn Sather, the goaltenders Grant Fior and Bill Ranford, the defenseman, Paul Coffey, Kevin Lowe, Chris Pronger, and Charlie Huddy. And tonight, we can unveil these six names, Kellen Kennedy, and we're not surprised by mm. this one. No, Number not... 99. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, yes. Mark Messier. Mm-hmm. Yari Curry, mm-hmm. Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. Leon Dreisaitl, mm-hmm. and Ryan Smith. And you're telling me he was tied with uh, Anderson, right? For uh... Yeah, the way the numbers yeah. broke down, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but from what I've seen, they had the same percentage going into the, uh, the, the finalization of the vote, but Smith got the nod because he had more votes than Anderson. Uh, if you get a chance to watch the Global News at 11 tonight, I think they're going to have the numbers again, and they'll be flashed up there and you'll notice that Anderson and Smith had the same percentage but they gave the nod to Smith because more people voted for Ryan Smith so there you go and Ryan Smith you know when you look at this list and I don't think it's outrageous that Dreisaitl and 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 McDavid make this list they're just that good this young mm-hmm. so you know and some people might say what about Anderson and and what about what what about another player you know Ryan Smith when you talk about a talent, like pure skill and talent, I mean, he's the number six guy on this list. But I'll tell you what, he showed determination, dog in the fight, and he, I mean, he scored most of his goals five feet in. Mm -hmm. And he was so tough and so rugged and was a mainstay on the Oilers, uh, you know, top six forward unit. He was a top he was a top uh, line player for a long time as well. You know, Ryan Smith worked hard. He was a lunch pail guy and I think absolutely deserving on this list and, and a fan favorite as well. And uh, so I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think the uh, 50,000 plus that voted on this. 54,000 that final 54,000, there 54, you go. 54,000, which is amazing. Thank you very much, Oil Country. I don't think the results, I don't think there's a miss here. I really don't. I mean, no. You, Maybe Kurt, the, the, the one that you could argue is Curtis Joseph or Bill Ranford. And they were tied. And, and they were tied. Yeah, <laughs> so. Exactly. And uh, some people are going to say Chris Pronger, why after one just one season? It was an amazing season. Mm. I mean, it was one of the best seasons we've seen by a defenseman in Edmonton who he was probably the best player in the world at, at the time. So I think 
the voters did really, mm-hmm. really well here. And, so and all world blanket statement here from me, just to close this out, Davey. Uh, pretty cool to see Connor McDavid on this. Of course, I think the the greatest oiler since Gretzky or has the potential to be. And this is my bold statement of the night. So if you disagree with me, you can <laughs> at me on Twitter at Kellen Nitro, K-E-L-L-E-N-N-I-T-R-O. Leon Dreisaitl, the best foreign-born oiler since Yari Curry. Hmm. You know what? I would find it very hard to argue against that. I think so. And by the way, Leon Dreisaitl uh, will be the Hart Trophy winner. There's no question. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Balloting went out this week, uh, and all the members of the uh, of the uh, what was it? Professional Hockey Writers Association, I believe. Mm. We had Mark Specker on last week uh, to talk and about... I mean, and that was one of the hot debates I know going into, unfortunately, the COVID shutdown and, and that stuff. But I remember like the week before there were people saying potentially, and I think these were more, uh, you know, writers and, and hockey analysts from out east saying that there would be no chance that Dreisaitl would win at all this year. And it's like, guys, yeah. <laughs> you know, stay up late and watch the Oilers. Like, come on. <laughs> or just watch the highlights. There's, there's one number that keeps showing up on the score sheets. I mean, like, I do the majority of the games for Bob and Jack here, and the yeah. amount of times I've had to type Dreisaitl's name after a goal call this year is, you know, I can't remember at all. Like, like maybe McDavid, that's it, you know? Well, I saw the the other day that uh, one of the candidates is David Posternock, I'm sure, or could be one of the candidates out of, out of the Boston Bruins. He's had a great year, and he was asked, who's the MVP? Who's a Hart Trophy winner? He says, there there is no debate. It's it's Leon Dreisaitl. Mm-hmm. So even someone that's within the, the Hart Trophy mix is, uh, is picking Leon. So um, absolutely tremendous pick, no question about it. So there is your... Uh, there is your list of the all, all-star, all-time all-star Oilers. You can go to uh, 630ched.com to see the full list. Well, uh, baseball in Edmonton, well, it's not happening this year. The Western Canadian Baseball League uh, had to uh, shut down because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But Patrick Cassidy uh, of Gold Sports, who owns the uh, Edmonton Prospects, he has been a busy guy over the last uh, few weeks, and uh, we found something really cool a couple days ago, and we bring Patrick into the show now. Patrick, nice to have you on Inside Sports. How you doing? I'm doing uh, really well, Dave. It's, uh, you know, appreciate the opportunity to, to talk to you. Got some exciting plans for you uh, as far as, uh, I know there's some talk about a move to Spruce Grove with the uh, Edmonton Prospects, and a couple days ago, uh, we had it on our website at uh, 630ched.com and Global Edmonton, uh, that uh, plans for a 2,500 seat ballpark which is a a ballpark that i think is is very unique uh tell us about the plans yeah we're uh we we released that uh, a couple days ago i think now and and uh, you know the response has been uh tremendous um and uh it's it's exciting to be it's 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 new state-of-the-art type ballpark uh you know with uh, with that feature coming from the from the concourse area kind of like a promenade and everything feeding off of that open air type uh, concept and you know that type of ballpark where you can you know you can sit down in your seats and, and go up to the concourse keep an eye on the action you know maybe get a hot dog and a beer or, or check out some of the other exciting things going on within the within within the coins of the ballpark and uh, it's uh that type of facility where we're, we're trying to bring as much of the community into the ballpark as we can and um you know it's uh it's exciting. It's uh, it's going to be a fun place to go, and I, I think uh, it's uh, you know it's uh, in terms of the big picture, it's 
it's something that's going to you know really help uh, revitalize and and just get that much more energy in the baseball uh, community in the Edmonton area here. And I think uh, you know we've uh, I think we've been making some some great strides with the prospects in Edmonton for for a while now. And 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 this just uh, this just ups the ups the ups the game a little bit, so to speak. You know, what I like about it, too, and, you know, when I say this, I don't mean this to be derogatory at all. When I say I like the 2,500-seat uh, concept uh, when you compare it to when you were at REMAX, uh, and you did very well with attendance. Uh, you you really worked hard, and you got a lot of fans to the ballpark. 2,500 is like a really good number for the league that you're playing in. Well, you know, I mean, we averaged, uh, you know, 2,100, 2,150 uh, last year, and it's, it's it's been one of those numbers that's been growing each and every year, I, I think we probably missed out on 10,000 extra fans last year just because of the rain. We had rainy summers in 138 years or something For like sure. that. Um, you know, so, I mean, we had standing water in center field. We had to rope it off. I don't think that's ever happened at uh, Remax Field. You know, so, uh, uh, you know, we just uh, we just think if you keep uh, if you keep marketing and selling the product and getting people excited about coming to, coming to the ballpark and, and bringing family and friends and, and uh, you know, uh, that's what baseball is all about. It's, it's just a gathering center for, for family and friends and for people to connect. And uh, um, it's, it's a little harder to do when you've got an 8,500-seat stadium. But uh, even, even at Remax Field, there was a, on some game days when you got 2,500, 3,500. There's a lot of energy there, and, and it's, a, it's fun. It's a fun place. And 2,500 seats where you actually can sit down, you got some concourse, patio areas, and, you know, some, some other neat, unique and neat concepts. And I think on a, on a big day, on kind of a major sellout, we probably would still be able to get 4,000 to 4,500 into that ballpark in, in Spruce Grove. And uh, anybody who's been down to Okotoks, uh, where they've got 1,800 uh, fixed seats, I think they're expanding that this year. Uh, you know, they've, they've been known to, they say they've been able to get 5,000 in there. I can't really... I don't want to squeal on them to the fire department or anything, but <laughs> but apparently they have, and it's uh, it's it's just a rocking place when that kind of thing happens. You know, it's like any sports facility. If it's too big and cavernous, it kind of loses its atmosphere. I mean, they suffered with that in the CFL in, in Montreal with the Big O, and and then they moved over to Molson, and 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 you know, I think that's probably saved that franchise. So um, it's uh, it's an important component of of any any uh, sports facility is to create an atmosphere. And, you know, an environment where people want to come and be there because it's exciting. We're joined by Patrick Cassidy of Gold Sports, which owns the Edmonton Prospects here on 630 Chad Inside Sports, talking about plans for a uh, ballpark, 2,500-seat ballpark in Spruce Grove for hopefully 22. Uh, tell me about the relationship that you have formed with uh, Victor Moraz, who uh, is with Metro Horizon Corp. And uh, the, the cool thing about this, too, is that it sounds like you're going to be able to do this all if I'm correct, a lot, a lot of this or all of it uh, private as far as building uh, the, the, the ballpark uh, from a financial point of view. Well, you know, this is, uh, I guess you could classify this as a bit of a, a real estate development. Uh, it's a model that other, uh, you know, developers use with anchor tenant type situations. Uh, the ballpark becomes the anchor tenant and, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of building some other aspects into the the overall development we've got uh, we've got 25 acres um that we're going to be able to work with and and there's there's additional acres to uh both the east and the west that that, that other developers have and and we kind of see this as as you know the the start of something that's going to build out and, and become a bigger and, and better and more exciting thing and you know and the fact that we're uh, we're 10 minutes off the henday 
gives a gives up location access to so many different you know i think we're according to the city manager out there we're within about uh, 30 minutes 25 30 minutes of about 750,000 people so uh you know there's there's just lots of opportunity to create a a metro regional type facility and uh uh, we've got, you know, we're already getting calls from, well, of course you get the builders, they love to build things, so they're calling, but, you know, yes. hotels and, and all kinds of other aspects of a development like that that people, you know, want to be a part of and want to be near. So this 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 is, uh, you know, this is going to happen. And, you know, from the standpoint of, of funding, uh, you know, our, our goal is to primarily make this a, a privately funded project and uh, you know we, we, we wouldn't want to stop the you know any sort of municipal or provincial government from participating if they mm -hmm. felt like it was something in their best interest but uh, you know right now that's not our that's not our focus and not our not, I don't think it's our need but you know uh, we'll see what happens as we move along here you know there's always some some challenges and maybe some surprises that you have to deal with along the way and we'll we'll deal with them as they come. Patrick, let's talk about, uh, I guess, the short term between now and 2022. Obviously, we know that the uh, Western Canadian Baseball League has been cancelled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We know that uh, REMAX field is under new operators starting next uh, next spring. Uh, is the plan to play and finish out at REMAX and then hopefully make the jump to Spruce Grove? Is that is that pretty straightforward? <laughs> Well, our plan uh, for next year is, um, I guess, it's unknown at okay. this point in time. We have options. We have other options besides Remax Field, and and we are exploring those options. And I mean, we we uh, we will. I think there's probably a ninety percent chance that we'll have a team on the field next year somewhere. Um, and uh, you know, I just want to maybe clarify a little bit because everybody's reading, re you know, sort of reading the tea and the leaves here, and and sure. you know. Sure stating that the team's headed to Spruce Grove and and that could very well be the situation but I just want to make it clear that our organization has always believed in two franchises in this market mm -hmm. and that that was our goal uh, we we wanted a team in Edmonton we wanted the prospects to remain in Edmonton and we wanted another team in Spruce Grove because we've been eyeballing that market for, for some time and we just think it's a tremendous opportunity out there for you know not only for an operator but also for for the league itself and uh, um, you know so I, I don't really know for sure what's going to happen in Edmonton but we, we, we've sort of given ourselves uh, to, till the uh, end of July here to make a final decision on where we're going to be next year and if we can't get something done at Remax Field and I'll be honest it's looking highly doubtful right now the way things are going uh, we've got other options and we will announce where we're going to play next year and uh, um, you know we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna give the people of Edmonton baseball next year one way or another and then down the road there's gonna be an exciting uh, opportunity out in Spruce Grove and hopefully hopefully something exciting you know continues to happen in Edmonton we uh, like I, I love Remax Field and uh, we're you know we're uh, we put a lot of a lot of passion into what we were doing down there, and uh, we'd like to you know we'd like to see it continue in some form or fashion. But um, yeah, you know it's got to make sense. And right now there's just there's nothing sitting in front of us that sort of makes any sort of business sense whatsoever. Patrick, as always, appreciate your time on Inside Sports. And uh, as you said, the decision is looming in about uh, what five weeks, six weeks from now. So I'm sure we'll be in touch uh, around that time as well. So thank you so much, and uh, all the best. Okay. All right. Thanks, Dave. And say hi to Reed for me. Yes, and Reed will probably say hi back to you, Patrick. Absolutely. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Cassidy of Gold Sports, the owners of the Edmonton Prospects. Back with the final segment in a moment. Chad Mornings, beginning at 5.30 tomorrow. Have you been required to fly during the pandemic? Did you enjoy or dread the experience? One man will share his experience tomorrow morning on 6.30 Chad Mornings. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. And tomorrow, Reed will be back on Monday, 6.05. Yep, returning to the two-hour time slot. Or I will say that's the plan, because, of course, we're in a pandemic. But, yes, we're anticipating... Back to two hours on Monday. So big news today out of the uh, Ottawa today. The federal government has made a move to try and help one of the three Canadian markets become a hub city for the NHL's return to play. Federal official saying that the government has issued an order in council that would allow one of Edmonton, Vancouver, or Toronto to serve as one of the NHL's two hub cities. The order is awaiting Governor General signature. The Minister of Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship, Marco Mendocino, has issued a letter saying it's in the national interest to have a Canadian hub after the Public Health Agency of Canada and the public health authorities in Edmonton, Toronto and Vancouver all gave the approval of the NHL's plan to keep players separate from the general public. It will be called a cohort quarantine. So the move would allow the NHL to bypass the traditional 14-day quarantine for anyone entering Canada. So that is huge news is I believe the NHL, I think the desire is they would like to come to Canada and into one of the markets. And of course, we hope it's Edmonton. Now, what's strange about this is that uh, if Edmonton is picked as a hub city, I don't know if Edmonton will play here, which will be kind of an interesting twist to this. Not that there's any fans and in the stands anyway, but that's a bit of a interesting twist as well. That, that's not for sure yet, but that's being rumored and that rumor will not go away. The uh, CFL has contacted the CFLPA to begin negotiations on a COVID CBA and talk about parameters that would allow them to play a 2020 season if possible. A lot of health and safety to be considered. Hub cities are being talked about in one or two centers and also to the balance is to make sure that in 2021, the league will be in good financial uh, stead. So they basically are going to negotiate a new CBA. Major League Baseball, speaking of a CBA, they are looking at a 70-game season. That's been the proposal from the players. Uh, that's the latest. Kind of cuts the gap between $250 million that the two sides are apart. Owners don't really seem to like it. So progressing no deal yet, though. And the CHL, or the, uh, sorry, the WHL targeting October 2nd, as long as they can get the approval from six health authorities in their region and also have 50% capacity in their arena. So October 7, 2nd is the target. Back tomorrow night at 7.05 for Callan Kennedy, our studio producer. I'm Dave Campbell. Have a great night. Adler's up next time to go upstairs, tuck the kids into bed, kiss them. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.